It's the economy, stupid. Pinoy style. Why Pinoy economists support VP Lenny Robredo? Hi everyone, welcome to FQ Mom Podcast. This is Rose Press Fausto, also known as FQ Mom. FQ stands for Financial Quotient. Your ability to make sound decisions and actions with regard to your personal finances. In other words, it's the IQ and EQ of handling money. And because FQ is not just a standalone skill, but it's related to the many aspects of life, we will be talking about so much more than just money. Are you ready? Today's podcast topic is about that slogan. Have you heard that? It's the economy, stupid. But of course, we're going to take it in the context of the Philippine elections. All right, so let's start with a little background on that slogan. Bill Clinton's successful presidential election in 1992 ran on the campaign slogan, It's the economy, stupid. And this was coined by his strategist, James Carville. The campaign used the prevailing recession in the U.S. to block the re-election bid of George H. W. Bush. That's the, the senior, the older guy, the older President Bush. From a 90% approval of the senior Bush's job performance, it went south to 64% disapproval rating days after the ground war in Kuwait. Carville, the strategist, hammered on the importance of the economy at every chance. You know, voters were worried about their finances. And through the successful messaging of the campaign, they were able to pick the voter emotion to realize the negative impact of economic factors such as their wages, employment, savings, and retirement accounts on their financial well-being while they saw their government spend on war. Ayan, diba? I'm sure you've seen a lot of movies uh, with, this, ano, with this story. In a recession, it's easier to make the voters realize the importance of sound economic management, like that example that we just discussed. However, since voting remains an emotional exercise, in the reality, no, what really happens, even if it should be a highly rational exercise where we have to summon our makatuwirang mak, a rational brain, or that what Nobel laureate um, Daniel Kahneman calls System 2, the effortful thinking, presidents who are doing okay in the economy don't always get re-elected. Or in the case of the Philippine politics, because we don't have re-election, their endorsed candidates don't quite make it. How have we been choosing our presidents? Let's take a look at our own fairly recent history. You remember the Ramos administration that's from 1992 to 1998. He was able to do a pretty good job in making our economy pick up, um, but his endorsed presidential candidate, Jose de Venecia, lost to Erap Estrada. 
1998. Erap was ousted after only one and a half years in office. So that's just 1998 July up to the end of 1999 because in 2000, Gloria Macapagal Arroyo, who was then the vice president, took over. In fairness to the former economics teacher at the Ateneo de Manila, a handful of experts opined they think that she did well in taking care of our economy. She got herself elected in the next presidential polls, giving her a 10-year term. So that's from January 2000 to um, June 30, 2010. But of course... Her election was under a cloud of doubt for electoral fraud. Do you remember the Hello, Garci? Yung, yung audio tape. And then she endorsed Gibo Teodoro. But Noy Noy Aquino won. Pinoy, from 2010 to 2016, did a good job in getting our country's first ever investment grade rating, allowing us to borrow internationally at lower interest rates and made investors look at us more seriously. We were no longer the sick man of Asia, but Asia's next tiger economy. He endorsed Mar Rojas, who lost to Rodrigo Duterte. So the incumbent, 2016 up to this year, 2022, is not formally endorsing any presidential candidate, but his daughter is in tandem with the son of the late dictator whom he dissed as a weak leader at ang dahil pa niyang mga sinabi, di ba? Mga cocaine, etc., etc. And why is it that even if the economy is picking up, continuation of the regime does not usually happen? It's because citizens get impatient with the progress. It is a combination of the impossible election promises made and the fact that from where we are, that developed country status will really take a long, long time, especially if we keep putting into office populist leaders. In today's lingo, what is that? Boodle candidates. These boodle candidates who picture themselves as the champion of the masses, the common tao, and put all the blame on things outside of themselves, usually the elite. They picture the elite as the villains. Mga kontrabida sa buhay ng mahihirap. The elite, ang kontrabida, even if they themselves, the budol candidates, are actually on top of the elite class. It's mind-boggling, di ba? But somehow, voters buy it. The economy is stupid. Balikan natin yung slogan na yon. It's usual for a Budol candidate to just use the class war tactic in getting uh, elected. The rich versus the poor, an emotional electorate, is enticed to blame someone for his misfortune. Couple that with a simpatico and charming candidate giving, giving away money. Ngayon, hindi na derechahang pera, may iba-iba ng forms. In the form of papremio to those who will attend the rallies or who will share social media posts, and that's on top of the troll farms, which I heard they pay quite well, ha? Dun sa mga troll farmers. How do you call them ba? Basta yung mga trolls. What else? 
promising to solve deep-rooted problems in a matter of months. Diba? Narinig na natin yan. And then also promises to give free this, free that, with no clear source of funding. Plus other Machiavellian tactics using lies, deception, and crime. Although greed among the rich definitely contributes to the sorry state of our economy with worsening income inequality. Grabe, ang taas ng Gini coefficient natin. This is the index that measures the inequality of income among the citizens of a country. So despite that, despite the contribution of the rich in the sorry state of our economy, the biggest contributor to our economy's inability to take off is Corrupt governance. Yun po talaga. Alam mo, ito naman lagi yung sinasabi, di ba? All the candidates who attend the presidential forums, they say, yun, corrupt, corrupt. But getting rid of corruption, that's something that really takes time. And this is not so easy to sell to a hungry and angry voter. A quick solution of money on hand and someone to blame is much more attractive, I tell you. But there's hope. I'm very inspired by some friends who share stories of patiently explaining to people in their circle of influence and even those they just encounter in restaurants, gasoline stations, community pantries, etc. They would really explain to them that we should not count on those who will give us cash and other promises of quick solutions to our problems. So that's why, despite the disheartening survey results, my gosh, the front runner is the one who is most likely not to do um, itong good governance. There are numerous groups and institutions publicly showing support to the candidate who is most likely to improve our economy and the general well-being of our country. One of them is the group of economists, and I am proud to say that I am one of those who signed this statement. It's called Economists for Lenny. I'm going to share with you the three main points enumerated for our choice of president. But uh, mind you, these are just short versions. Please read the official statement to read it in its entirety. Just Google Economists for Lenny. Or if you want, go to my article, this article, and the link is provided there. So let's go to the three main points. Number one, VP Lenny brings solid economic and legal background necessary for crafting policies to accelerate economic recovery. Two, she has genuine concern for the plight of the poor and marginalized through decades of work as a human rights lawyer for grassroots organizations. And this was even before she entered politics. Remember, she just entered politics when her husband, Jesse Robredo, died. And three, she has a proven track record of hands-on leadership and good governance, as evidenced by the efficient and responsive programs of the OVP, Office of the Vice President, such as her responses to COVID, typhoon, and other crises. Making her, <laughs> ito ng konti, making her work 18 hours a day, 
something that Mana Aimi dismissed as either a lie or being stupid. Anong say mo dyan? Shout out to those who really work 18 hours a day. E kung mag-shift lang yung mga ano natin, frontliners natin, mas mahaba pa sa 18 hours a day, di ba? And of course, even our kababayans out there who are working abroad just to bring home the mula to their families here. And so many more, especially now, my gosh. Sometimes I'm, I'm also guilty of that, uh, being stupid. <laughs> 18 hours, kasi you're online, eh, parang tuloy-tuloy lang, di ba? Anyway, going back. So Vibilene is the candidate we can trust to have a transparent governance. Note that their office has earned the highest commission and audit rating for the third consecutive year. That's a big deal, huh? There are no promises of quick fixes, but a promise of good governance. If you have been reading my articles, you know that I am a fan of good design. In my previous articles, I have discussed the importance of choice architecture and nudging. That's using design to help people make the right choices for themselves more easily. When it comes to improving our economy, good and transparent governance will make it easier for citizens to access services such as health, education, etc. that will make it easier for the hard-working to go up the economic ladder. Walang palakasan. We will know where our taxes go and we will be happy to pay our taxes to help our economy grow. Instead of wondering if tax evasion is not inherently wrong in the absence of a law punishing it. Does that sound familiar? Robredo's integrity will also give our country that much-needed credibility on the world stage. This will be instrumental in revitalizing our partnerships in the global economy and asserting our national sovereignty in the region, especially where the West Philippine Sea is concerned. Wow, I can almost smell the PSE index going to 10,000 levels when we get our act together and do the right thing. Hi, Sarap. Because really, in the end, it's the economy, sweetie. So that's our podcast for today. I hope you will take these elections seriously. And I'd like to see you tomorrow. That's um, Thursday, February 17, 2022 on Money Lessons with FQ Mom and Sons to be shown at 11 a.m. on Kumu and Facebook Live and the Facebook uh, pages of FQ Mom and Knowledge Channel. My special guest will be the beautiful Marielle Bitanga of Simply Finance. We will discuss money matters for women and young couples. So, I'd like to invite you also to the Love Month book promo. Just go to fqmom.com website. And if you haven't taken the test yet, please do take the FQ test. Follow me on my socials. It's fqmom for Facebook, YouTube, Kumu, and the fqmom for Instagram and Twitter. Again, this has been Rose Press Fausto, your fqmom. Wishing you all a high FQ. Bye!